Nope, motherfucker, we got a spaceship with a gigantic time turner on it. Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> it's Saturday night, microphones of madness. This is December the 3rd. 2016 and tonight we are talking legends supergirl arrow and the flash crossing over into the invasion storyline which just wrapped up on thursday so if you haven't seen it yet stop watching now we'll wait okay so now that you're finished yeah it's cool we just want your the, the watch anyway. We don't care if you watch the whole show. We just want the tick on YouTube. Yeah. What did you think, Steve? Just overall. Overall, it was um, it was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a big clusterfuck, and <laughs> it was well thought out. Um, I guess it did showcase some of the weaknesses in the series. As okay. well as the strengths, but most of the weaknesses were technical things that just got annoying to watch over and over again. Right. But overall, very good. Good storyline. I watched um, everything twice. Mm-hmm. And I never do that. Right. And and CW has a special section on their streaming service where you can just watch those four episodes. Like a big movie. It is, it is a big movie, and... And that's what you wanted. You actually posted that that's what you wanted to happen. Somebody just added these together. That's right, and... You got to do that for you. So, so a, little, a little bit of background on it. I mean, since the first season of The Flash, um, and the big thing about it being a cohesive uh, television universe featuring these characters, they've done crossovers every year. The first year was just basically, you know, Green Arrow meeting The Flash. Right. And they crossed over, and basically it was just two episodes where characters from both series were in each episode. Right. Um, the second season, the, the second crossover, which was the second season of Flash, and what were, what were we on? The, I think the fourth season. Fourth season of Arrow. Yeah. Uh, was basically a backdoor pilot for Legends of Tomorrow. Right. And, yeah, they kind of kept the um, a, a coherent story between the two episodes. They, they really did cross over into a single unit, but they kind of divided everything up where it was just, you know, it was the Flash and Green Arrow's team and then Green Arrow and the Flash's team. Right. It was... Uh... It was basically there to, like you said, introduce the Hawks mm-hmm. and, and Vandal Savage. Yeah, it was just it a, had nothing to do with the plot, the storylines that were going on in right. in the shows themselves. Kind of like the way DC Comics handles their new handled their new Fifty Two events. They just stop everything, do the event, and then pick it up. Well, there were a few. Uh, Things that happened, like uh, you found out about Oliver's kid during the crossover. Yeah, but I mean, it was nothing that was earth-shatteringly plot necessary. Right. I mean, the kid, yeah, that's nice and everything, but... Yeah, well, it came into play later, later on. When it they... was used later on, but you could have introduced the kid at any time. Right. But this season, they did it three out of the four series were the same story. And they yep. pretty much put everything else on briefly. Well, they kept it in continuity, though. They mm-hmm. put they put the the conflicts, the larger conflicts that each show is dealing with on hold. Right. But the baggage, <laughs> pardon me, that those conflicts um, brought to the respective teams mm-hmm. came into the mix. Oh, yeah. Particularly... Yeah, particularly the ramifications of Flashpoint. Right. That echoed through... In fact, that was the catalyst of the crossover. Yeah, which... You know, um, it's been said in certain circles Mm -hmm. that um, 
people are taking Flashpoint too lightly, that Barry Allen's mistake has really affected everybody mm -hmm. in the world. Right. In the universe, as we find out. But yeah, and it has, and, and people are, are, people being the viewers, are okay with that. And this crossover basically said why people are okay with it, and it wasn't, and it's because of good storytelling as opposed to people giving the Flash a pass because he's the Flash. Right. As opposed to Superman in uh, Man of Steel or Superman or Batman in BBS. Right. Or dark just because they wanted to make a dark movie. Right, exactly. And, and really, yeah, I mean, the Flash has taken on a darker tone particularly this season, I mean, shit, I want you to kill my mother. I mean, that just set the tone right there. Right. But, you know, by and large, though, when you're when you're dealing with something like Flashpoint, so many, mostly, you know, the lives that are directly affected are the folks who are aware that Barry have cha has changed the timeline. Right. Yes, he's altered events or everyone in the world, but they don't know it. Yeah, no one would know. Uh, the perfect example, and here's your spoiler, your first spoiler, Diggle. Mm. Right. Dig in, in last year, Diggle had a uh, son. Mm -hmm. No, a daughter. He had a daughter. He last had a year. daughter. Baby and Sarah. this year, because of Flashpoint, it's it's a boy. He has, he has a son. However... He, he didn't, nobody knew this. He didn't know it. Lila didn't know it. Ollie didn't know it. Nobody knew it until Barry told Ollie. Right. Well, Barry told Felicity first. Oh, right. Because he looked over at the picture on the console and realized that Diggle has a son now. Right. However, the audience already knows Diggle has a son. Right. Because if you've been watching Legends of Tomorrow, they travel to a future version of Star City where John Diggle Jr. took on the name Hawk, Connor Hawk and became the Arrow in that time. Right. But the, the thing is that, like, like you said, it's, it's almost like metagaming if you're in the audience. Right. You have knowledge that the actors don't have. And right. if you put yourself at, in there as an actor, you don't, you don't know if your timeline has changed like that, because you have all the memories of the point where it changed mm -hmm. up to that. So it's a zero-sum equation for you. Because, right. yes, if you are, if you take a step back and you're an audience member and you have meta-knowledge of it, yes. Right. If people have changed, it's affected everybody. But if you're in the play, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Correct. But they deal with that. I mean, they, they, they start really dealing with it. The entire reason that the Dominators decide to invade Earth is, one, because of the rise of metahumans, which the Flash was the first metahuman right. uh, on the primary DC TV Earth. Um, and secondly, because Barry Allen caused Flashpoint, which... Meddling with being able to meddle with the timeline was a huge ripple across space and time, apparently. But it's now, it's implied, if not outright said in Flash uh, by Jay Garrick, the real Jay Garrick, that mm -hmm. it's happened before. Mm -hmm. Jay Garrick basically says he did it and learned his lesson. Right. Exactly. So it might be a Flash thing. Anybody part, who gains the powers that, of the Flash. This is part of your power set, and you got to be aware of it, and that might be what the Dominators are more worried about, because I don't know how they would know that, like we were just saying, how would they know that the timeline mm -hmm. got changed? Right. How did the Dominators know? Unless they were, like, yipping it. Right. And we don't... Well, we know that the Dominators are the same across universes. Because Kara is familiar with Dominic. Well, we know they exist across universes. We don't right. know if they're the same. Well, they... Or if they have across interdimensional knowledge. Right. If they, we don't know if how that works, if they share you know, that type of knowledge. But 
Kara describes uh, something that her parents through their holograms told her in their teaching was that the Dominators did go to Krypton and they acted the same way. Right. We, ju we just have to assume. You either assume that the Dominators are like the If. Mm -hmm. And they can, and they have that ultimate time, space, and dimensional knowledge. Right. Or it's just a plot device, and the you know either the writers didn't think that deeply or missed it. Right. Possibly, or they're setting up for something else. Right. Or there there is that possibility. Um, because there are a lot of setups over the course of these episodes. Yeah. I mean, the first big. Easter egg was we actually see the other side of the Star Labs hangar, <laughs> <laughs> which is <laughs> right, which is identical to the Hall of Justice. <laughs> well, it's funny because you would po it was like you posted it and then Mia posted it. <laughs> Like this, this hangar or hall or whatever it is. Right. That, <laughs> well, they're all friends. Super. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and that was their base of operations through the entire episode. And that was really kind of great because whenever they did the exterior shots of the hangar, they didn't do it from the from the side that we're familiar with. They did oh, it no. from the Hall of Justice yeah, side. It was and, great, and that music yeah. played in my head the entire every time they showed that. Mm -hmm. It was really that was really cool. Um, narrating in my mind. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, <laughs> and that that came into my mind a couple of times when they would uh, pan back to it at the exterior shot, and then they would go into the interior, and it Superman. would be. Flies. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I loved how they they did a single storyline through, you know, Flash. They did it through Arrow. They did it through Legends of Tomorrow. And it was the end of Legends of Tomorrow was the end of that storyline. Unlike a lot of things where, you know, it would be the Flash, the Arrow, and then the Legends of Tomorrow episode just kind of really just tied up loose ends and people oh yes the, that time we hung out with the flash and green arrow let's go <laughs> let's go punch some nazis yeah and i'll tell you if, if any of of the episodes were throwaways it would probably be the arrow one well the arrow episode was also the hundredth episode of arrow ah. that's one of the reasons why they had to focus so much on those arrow characters Right, the, all the, all the dead. Right. Well, they also they brought Ray Palmer because Ray Palmer started an era. Right. Oh yeah. So, and that episode was oh, so a lot of closure Ollie. for Ollie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which he he really needed. Well, it's better than doing a clips episode. It kind of had the same effect. Mm -hmm. Because it did kind of bring you up to speed on just the broad history of the show. Right. I'm just saying that in terms of the crossover, you could have gotten that point across. The mm -hmm. point being like uh, they were studying, the, the Dominators were studying the non-powered um, heroes right. to try and figure out how to beat the powered heroes. Right. They So they picked non-powered heroes who had experience fighting powered heroes. Right. And they, and they put them in a uh, virtual reality world. Mm-hmm. So and then that that was the only one that it had important plot elements, but it wasn't. It could have been done differently, and you could have had a more right, more actiony, more of the same. But I, I didn't know it was the hundredth episode. I didn't know yeah. they were like their version of a clip show as well, which actually makes me feel pretty good about it because in that light, they did a really good job, and you didn't get like a. Remember the time when your mother was stabbed by right. your and stepfather? They, yeah, they the Arrow episode did a really good job. I mean, in kind of separate, not only separating itself off to do the special hundredth episode clip show, whatever, bring everybody you can back for this episode, which they did. They pretty much brought the entire 
cast, with the exception of Shadow and uh, damn, I forgot forgot his name from season one, the guy who taught him to use a bow. But they also worked it into the invasion storyline as being a simulation. And we also got the the B plot of the main invasion storyline for Arrow, where we saw the rest of Team Arrow try to work it out. Uh, right. Mr. Yeah. Terrific, you know, trying to decipher the, the language. Ragman actually knowing what the language was or how right, to figure it's it out. Uh, it was uh, Dramatica or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Kabbalah save the day, man. Kabbalah always saves the day. Yeah. Whether it's making golems or trying to find the secret hidden base of the Yithian Dominator invaders, choose Kabbalah brand mysticism. Mm-hmm. Then we got we you know, we had our Flash and Supergirl cameo in that episode too, which that was just kind of just there to be cool. Right. Well, you have to have Flash. You know, well, you know the the cyborg woman trying to shoot Wild Dog with her laser beam, and Flash runs in and saves him. And then Supergirl right. shows up, and they I do their little tag. Superpowered heroes. Yeah, <laughs> Wild Dog is a cool character in this season, but yeah, they didn't quite use him to. Uh, other than just a, being like a, a low rent Ollie. Yeah, he's a meathead. Yeah, he's kind of a meathead. You know, Ragman is is just kind of a cool character because he's he's quirky. Right. But, you know, and, and of course, Curtis, everybody loves Curtis. Right. And it was nice seeing him eventually get in there and it's seeing him because, uh, interact with Cisco. What's her name wasn't in there when that episode? Artemis? Artemis, the mole. Yeah, she was not in that episode. And we learned at the end of the previous episode that she is the mole. She's the mole. That's kind of sad because she was she was developing into an interesting character as well. That's true. Well, you never know. These guys, if, if anything, the writers of these shows are clever. Mm-hmm. And they clever. draw heavily on the lore, just the lore of DC, just pulling in all of these characters, random characters, really, and making them interesting. Right, and they do it in such a way that you have that recognizability, that familiarity mm-hmm. with the characters, but it's not completely predictable. Right. They do throw curveballs, so you're not like, if you're very familiar with the DC universe, then you're not bored. Right. Or just fanboys squeeing all over the place, having to wipe off your TV and everything. Well, there was a couple of times I had to wipe off my TV. <laughs> I'm jaded. You're jaded. And yeah, so the only the only one that wasn't really part of it was was the Supergirl episode. And I could kind of see why. She yeah, is, she's on a different Earth completely. She's on a different Earth completely. It's her. It's the second year of the show. Really, the first year on the CW. Right. And they had a major storyline to tie up. Right. Before the mid-season finale. Yeah. So you got a lot and, of and closure there, and then if it had been on a different night, I mm. think they could have incorporated her better. Right. But she's Monday night, and that's the opener. Right. And that's the opener, and you know how are you going to do that unless you started the crossover like right at the beginning of the episode right. and brought her over? But that would be yeah. That I mean that's not in the the same vein as the rest of the way the crossover went. Right. Because they pretty much stuck with the characters for the particular show they were in and then peppered it mm. um, with supporting cast from the other shows. Right. And right. you couldn't you can't do that on Earth thirty six or whatever Earth she's on. Right, because you don't really have that many you have yeah. Guardian, John Jones uh, well, and Megan. none of those people are on her Earth. Right. And that's the other thing with it being her on a different Earth is you couldn't have her supporting cast part of the show. So you didn't get Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. There was a Monel, 
Danvers wasn't there. Right. No, Which, Jimmy Olsen. Now speaking, but but Supergirl, they they kind of reversed her um, her crossover with the Flash last year, where the Flash set up metahuman detention on mm-hmm. her Earth. Right. She came over and she told the president of the Prime DC Earth about the Department of Extra Normal Affairs. Right. So that kind of uh, rolled over real nicely. And and her little her little bit about the man in black and she also seemed to like my idea to reassign you to Antarctica. <laughs> I did like how they they integrated the multiple tries that that you know Cisco doesn't always get the right spot the first time. Oh right in hers, right. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, no. and they yeah, teased yeah. it they teased it a couple of times, um, particularly when she was fighting Hank Henshaw well, at the L Court. Yeah, no one's, you know, you were thinking, and he was like, he was had her on the ground. He's like, no one's going to arrive to save you, and the portal opens up, and you're like, yes, and then no. <laughs> it was funny because the way they they chose to do it, I was concerned that I, that they weren't going to do the crossover like they had said because it really the whole episode went by with mm-hmm. two of these portal openings that were right. almost throwaways right and they did a whole supergirl episode right and then at the very end Barry and Cisco show up in her apartment yep and it was, I mean, it was a doozy of an episode, too. I mean, you had Cyborg Superman. You had uh, her, um, her sister not only, like, accepting herself and her sexuality, but getting the girl finally. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had, like, some important plot points for it. You had the Luthors. Right? You had that whole thing. And, yeah, it, it was it was a really good episode, and they teased the crossover just enough that when you got the payoff, like, is Supergirl going to even be in the crossover? <laughs> and, and you know she was. Yeah, of uh, course, because you saw the you saw the, the trailer in the very beginning, and you saw the trailers. And when, but the 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 other thing about it is, is they also took that final scene from Supergirl, where Barry and Cisco show up at Kara's house. And they worked it into the Flash in continuity with the rest of that episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, shot, you know, they just basically cut that scene and then put it in more. Because it was a, there was a scene break in Supergirl, and then you see Barry and Cisco show up, and it's just seamless in the and Flash then, episode. Right, in the Flash. Now, it was cool the way they did the Flash, because they started out at the end mm-hmm. of the episode. Yeah. And then where you have everybody attacking Ollie and Barry. Right. The I guess because they're the OGs mm-hmm. of the universe. They're the Superman and Batman. And uh, and then you get the 10 hours earlier. Yep, and it backs up. See, and, and then and see that's the cool thing. Like we were saying, they do they did take a lot of the plot points in the particular shows and resolve them within the continuity of the crossover, right. which they hadn't done in seasons prior. You yeah. had Wally got his speed. Yep, and he used well, he to- got it pre got it the, the the week before, but I mean he they resolved kind of the conflict that that had generated between him and his family. Right. Um, they resolved the Cisco um, finding out that his brother was alive before Flashpoint, mm-hmm. and him him being upset. Right. They resolved that. They resolved a bunch of things in in uh, that show in not really an Arrow because that was more. Well, they resolved a lot of issues in Arrow. Um, you know, just in general, a lot of the angstiness. Right, of the past four seasons. Yeah, but it wasn't like resolved. right. 
I don't know I mean, if I'd say resolved, but I I I think when when like, he looked back and he saw those, those, it was more of a reminder of where, especially Ollie, mm-hmm. came is coming from. Right, right. But I I think I think that final scene where where he got all of the folks he had lost, encouraging him. You know, this is why you're doing. This is why you do this. Right. I think he's he's gonna he comes back um, into the Legends of Tomorrow episode with a little more renewed vigor. Kind of and, right. But th- that he fixes that. Yeah. Because you know, there's a there's a very macho element to it, mm-hmm. and it's like, look, you know. Okay, spoiler. They're fighting the Dominators in, in Legends of Tomorrow. Ollie gets hit, knocked off a building, and Supergirl swoops in and saves his butt. And, you know, in the green in Green and Arrow, really, that kind of move is That's what Ollie does. You know, yeah, that's well, that's what Ollie does, but that's also the kind of thing that that ensures a beginning of trust. Right. Right. You know, it's like, you know, you you have my back, so I can trust you. And and that's the way it goes. The same well, thing with, with Diggle. Right. Well, Dig- Diggle has always had a bit of a prejudice against superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's born out of him being, like, Diggle's a, a guy who is basically at the pinnacle of human perfection right. in terms of what he does. Right. He he's, he is basically a formula away from being a super soldier. Mm-hmm. Yep, and yeah, he's he's crossed over into Arrow a couple times. He was in the King Shark episode of Flash. Oh, right, and he's always always been overwhelmed and mistrustful of of Barry. Right, he likes Barry, but he doesn't like he doesn't the, trust the powers. powers. Right, he doesn't right. like the powers. He's like, if Barry goes bad, there's, then there's, there's nothing Barry. I can do against this guy. There's Barry, and then there's Kara, who right. is, you know, multiply it by 10, or, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can see that. Exponentially see that. more powerful. Yeah, you see that in the training montage, where they're throwing everything they have at Kara, and she's <laughs> standing there smiling. Which <laughs> <laughs> she's not even standing, she's floating. Yeah, she's just floating in the middle of the hangar, and they're, like, blasting her with everything. Ollie's yeah. like, we'll do it again. Just give us five minutes to catch our breath. <laughs> yeah. That's Ollie, who, if you're familiar with Arrow, he kicks the shit out of his trainees on a daily basis. He has no remorse. Yep, he, he, trained, he trained Barry and shot him. I'll tell you, he's lucky that Supergirl doesn't he wasn't like in charge of the training the way he is because he'd be six feet under. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was really funny. Um, you know, and I, one of the things speaking of Diggle, one of the things that's always fun is how he reacts to new characters with powers. Um, you know, his, his always, every time Barry speeds off, he's like, I, just, I can't get used to that. Right. You know, and we, Barry introduces Kara. It's like this is Kara Danvers, also known as Supergirl. And Jax, half a firestorm, is like, well, what makes her so super? She flies up in the air and burns the crest of L into the concrete with heat vision. And Diggle's like, I'm sold. And it was it was throwaway, but you know, you had to have that his reaction. Right. Uh, well, a lot of those things, those Easter eggy things, are throwaway. Mm-hmm. Where like uh, Barry says that she's more powerful than a locomotive, right? Or, or the penultimate line in the series: "This looks like a job for Supergirl." <laughs> or Ray Palmer, she reminds me of my cousin. Yep, that was awesome. That that might have been my favorite one. That that <laughs> one that one slipped by Mia, and she was like, "Why does he say that?" And I was like. Do you remember who Brandon Routh played as a DC character before Ray Palmer? And because he's basically he's Ray Palmer now. I mean, he's right. perfect as Ray. Oh Palmer. yeah, 
I, I see him much more as Ray Palmer than as Superman. Mm-hmm. Of course, I yeah. never really saw him as Superman. So. Right. I, I did. I, I didn't really like that film. No, that film was... But, like... but over the years, I mean, I saw, I saw Brandon <laughs> Ralph again Well, it's... as in Dylan Dog, Edge of Night, and that was a hilarious movie. And did I did I saw him as Ray Palmer, and yeah, he sold me as Ray Palmer. That was the character he he need, needed to play because yeah. I think there's something about Brandon Ralph's personality that doesn't lend itself well to Superman, but it lends itself well to very well to Ray Palmer. Right, he's got a a natural awkward nerdiness mm-hmm. to him. Right. But he also has this kind of nobility to it that, you know, he does, you know, like, like the Nazi episode of Legends of Tomorrow. (laughs) 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 Oh, hell. How come you get to punch him? Right. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was great. And it was, it was nice to see. Now, I my initial total that I told you about before I forgot Mr. Terrific. So there were 20 characters that got a good chunk of screen time over those three episodes. Yeah, no one got hosed except for Artemis. Right, who was sir not appearing in this episode. Right. Um yeah, and they they balanced everything well. Every character got something to do. In, in respect to their own show, mm-hmm. um, you know, you had you had um, Curtis's technical expertise being put to use, um, Wild Dog going after the translator, and Ragman figuring out the uh, Dominator's language. Right, and then of course you have Cisco and Felicity doing the tech stuff, like mm-hmm. the, the high end hacking. And saving the day, yeah, they they did. Yeah, and and you know, Cisco and and Felicity were there from you know the beginning of the invasion all the way through to the end, and and played a very important role. She became Overwatch at the Hall of Justice and coordinated <laughs> Sorry, everything. I'm still, I'm still like super friends. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I mentioned earlier how Barry is kind of the Superman of this universe, and he did fall into that Superman kind of role. Right. He was going to totally willing to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. for the greater good. Everybody looked to him as the leader. Um, he, Other than Kara, he was the most powerful. And, yeah, he was ready to sacrifice himself. And, you know... That one scene where, you know, he's like doing his, uh, this is the right thing to do, guys. And he's got his back to everyone. And Oliver says, we're not going to let you do that. Playing the Batman role in this universe. Right. And Barry turns around and everyone is standing there. You know, Kara, who had been off camera, standing there. Oliver. Just everyone together. Right. Well, no, not quite all 20. I, I think it's like 15. Yeah, well, that's true. In the Legends, a couple of the guys from from uh, Arrow didn't make it to that. Right. Uh, Thea had to recuperate after the shared vision, shared right. hallucination, because um, that really took a toll on her. Oh, yeah, she, she was willing to stay. She, she was going to... She was the one saying, it's a steak. If I can cut it and taste it, my mm. mind knows it's not a steak, but I'm tasting it. Right. Was, I know this is not my mom and dad, but it's my mom and dad. Right. She was willing to, to stay in the Matrix. So to speak. And, yeah, so she had to recover because that was a very emotional experience. Because not only did she have to do that, the machine fucking matched her up against Malcolm Merlin. Right. Well, now you know that the reason that Barry didn't do that is because Cisco, Cisco, friendship, friend is a loose word. Mm-hmm. We're more like coworkers who's been pissed off at Barry for, for what, like two episodes? Uh, shoot, more than that. 
More than that, as uh, soon as he told him about Flashpoint, he was pissed off with Barry. He was already pissed off. He was pissed off, but it wasn't until the last episode before this where it just, or maybe the one before that, where he realized that it was all Barry's fault. Right. Everything. And he, he did, he did everything to his wrong. rescue. Well, but Cisco realizing that, A, um, you know, Barry is a noble person who makes mistakes. And B, that he would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or he'd at least be tempted to do the same thing if given the chance, because he saw, you know, it just it's it's a it happens, and he did do the same thing because he rescued his friends from the Dominator who should have died, right? And and rescued the Dominator, right? That he changed history, right? And he realized that holding that against Barry would now makes him a hypocrite, right? And the last thing Cisco wants to be is a hypocrite. But you know, I saw a criticism of uh, of the the crossover where the writer complained about that Barry Cisco drama being carried over into this episode or into this into this crossover, and them spending a, a amount of time dealing with it. Um, you know, but that that tension between them is kind of the small scale tension that is um, driving the whole crossover. Right. I mean, that, that, that's the, the conflict, not that specific one, but the, that Barry has the ability to change time. Right. Drives the plot of the episode. So it mm-hmm. has to be there. Right. Because it gives you something you could focus on that's small enough that you can wrap your mind around as opposed to something big and cosmic, which is why the Dominators are threatening the Earth. Because without that, you might be you, you can take the Dominator side a lot easier if you don't have the personal drama. Right, and and you kind of have to have that personal drama because all of these characters they establish are a family. Right, and and let's be honest, this is a superhero show. It's all all of these shows. While some of them are darker than others, mm-hmm. are fairly lighthearted. Right. I mean, it doesn't get like super dark. Right. It doesn't get Batman storming the castle with guns, killing people indiscriminately. Dark. Right. I mean, and, hell, Bar- fucking Ollie can't even kill a Dominator. <laughs> so you got you got to keep it a little light. And B. It. It's not that kind of a show. It's not that cosmic scale of a show. Right. You know, and, and, you, and you, you have, have to have, to have, have that. Ground it. You have to have something that grounds it. And and the resolution where Cisco, you know, the scene I just talked about where Barry was ready to sacrifice himself, you know, and turn himself over to the Dominators for whatever they were going to do to him to get him to leave and everybody standing behind him like, we're not going to let you do it. If it wasn't for that drama, it was Cisco stepping forward and saying, you're my friend. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're my friend, you're my brother. And you know, I don't want you to do this. And that is what really made Barry turn around and say, okay, fine. We'll fight it. We'll fight it out. I I mean, I guess I'm kind of a little put out that Mm -hmm. they resolved that conflict. Right. Pretty much completely on the crossover. Right. But because it made sense in the story, I'm Mm -hmm. fine with it. Yeah, you you were saying earlier that you wanted them to milk that conflict between Barry and Cisco for another couple episodes at least. Right. But now they have the potential conflict between Barry and uh, Snow. Because mm-hmm. Caitlin, you know, you know that's coming back. Right. Right. And she is. She is bound and determined that that having cold powers makes her her evil doppelganger. Well, I think her cold powers do that though. I think her cold powers are are mind altering as well. Ah. I think that's that was like the the issue there. 
And I think that, yeah, I think part of it is psychological, but I think that, that it eats away at her mind as well. Mm -hmm. and, and, and really, tampering with time. I mean, you knew that the Flashpoint, because it had, in the comics, had ramifications all over the DC universe, that Flashpoint echoes throughout all of the shows as well. Um, you know, with Eobard Thawne being uh, a villain in Legends of Tomorrow, um, with Martin Stein now having to come to some realizations that he's been traveling through time, fighting time tamperers, and he's coming on himself. Right. Oh, and let's not forget who's coming back because because of Flashpoint, probably. Captain Cole. Exactly. Oh, so, and, and so we also got the Right. We also got a little bit of drama because Barry went through the entirety of season two. No one. They told Sarah Lance that that Laurel was dead. Right. But nobody got around to telling Barry that Snark was dead. Yeah, that was kind of a throwaway thing. I wonder if there was some of that that hit the cutting room floor. Mm, that's possible. Because I, I mean, I guess he he looked he looked a little put out, but I don't think he was as devastated were your frenemy because they were really they were frenemies right right there was a mutual respect but right. and and in the end flash one <laughs> for for snart it was it was all about the the better nature winning out and what barry had been telling him the whole time right well and then it's funny because barry was willing to do the exact same thing that snart did mm-hmm so you have these a bunch of mirrors going on, and Sarah Lance being like the leader of the Legends team. Really, I mean, she over this season she's really started coming on strong. Right, as well, and the then I mean, she, her experiences as not um, killing um, Dark, mm -hmm. not going after Dark in her show. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, was a nice contrast between everybody sitting there going, oh, yeah, you don't fuck with time. I mean, yeah, it's a big mistake, but you don't fuck with time. But it's cool right. where she's like, how can you do that? I, I, of all people, know you can't fuck with time. Right. And her so everybody was trying to like coddle Barry a little, she was able to provide a nice hardline opposition. Mm-hmm. Right, even even Ollie was was being gentle and kid gloves with Barry. Right, you know it's like, look, man, you make mistakes. It's okay, you deal with it. It's like I spent the last two years. Right, I mean, she, that shit happened, and you just go back and just do it on a whim. Right, we'll be kicking your ass next. Well, and that now, because it's time travel and it isn't a reality. So people get to do whatever they want with it can use whatever logic they feel like. What is to prevent the legends from going back and preventing Barry from preventing himself? Right. That's true. You know, they can. And will they? That, that becomes an, an interesting thing. Will that tie into them trying to stop Hunter Solomon? Or not Hunter Solomon. Um, Eobon Thawne. About yeah, I mean, well, and ultimately Draco Malfoy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Draco Malfoy, the time turner, time turner. Yes, Mister Potter. Look, motherfucker, we got a spaceship with a gigantic time turner on it, and it is, and and yeah, the Wave Riders. Shoot, man, that thing came in real handy. Yeah, it did. And. We're on a time-traveling ship. <laughs> Speaking of having to wipe off the TV screen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of... I mean, the characters themselves geeking out over everything that's going on. I mean, shit, Thea came out of retirement because it's aliens. Right. She's like, I'll get my suit. She's like, I thought you were retired. But it's aliens. Right. That's like the same logic that we that we had to use on Lily. In uh, in a time to harvest, right? What do you care if these if these guys were abducted? It's aliens. 
<laughs> yep. Basically, invasion and a time to harvest are the same thing. Just. <laughs> Hi, Brian. <laughs> You had actually you had that point that um, Legends of Tomorrow and Monday Night Heroes are very similar. Mm-hmm. I I did I did I they are very similar. And and as as soon as I figure out how to do it, a Pulp Cthulhu scenario involving time travel would be fantastic. Yeah, time travel sucks. Yeah, but you got Yithian, so it's there yep. in the universe. Um. Yeah, I hope that they. You mentioned this earlier. I hope they do edit all the shows together, mainly the main three: um, Legends, Arrow, and Flash. I wish they would edit all of that together into a single, Cut. basically, film, right? And and release it like that because it it is it, it's consistent throughout. Um, yeah. Well, there's like, there's no real change in tone like um like the the episode with the Hawks. You know, they the different camera work from the different shows, the lighting differences. Uh, they didn't that, do any of that. That camera work is grating on me. What's that? The camera work is starting to grate on me. When they show headshots in mm-hmm. conversation, you right. get this. You get a lot of this. Hold on. Oh, panning, panning up. Slow pan up. Yeah. <laughs> but mainly mainly the lighting. I mean, you could tell the Arrow and, and Flash episodes apart because of the lighting. Right. But they kept all of this together. Uh, that pan, oh, man. That conversational pan on that show is so... It, once you notice it, you can't not see it. <laughs> yeah. And and how did I mention the handy dandy pocket portal generator? You did. I did. Wow. Well, that's cool. I mean, let's just whip that thing up. Different than like the end of like a crisis, like one of the early early crises before it was Crisis on Infinite Earth, but it was like Crisis on Earth Two. Right. You know, like from the seventies, where they they would you know have Thanksgiving dinner every year. What what earth are we going to this year for Thanksgiving dinner? Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing. DC's always had that amount of cheese in it. Right, right. And you gotta you gotta kind of you gotta kind of have props to that DC cheese. hmm Yeah, but it, it but it works. But it works. And and overall, I think Invasion was just a really fun uh, science fiction superhero adventure. Yeah, it was good. I watched it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I know that I can watch it in its entirety on the app, I'll just do that too. Yeah. Also, I wanted to mention this, is that there are similarities to the Avengers, and I think they did take a little bit of a dig at Marvel, as well as the, the DC films. Uh, they did use the throwaway line about them being Earth's mightiest heroes. Yes, and then uh, Mick also had some some line uh, to steal about his suit. Oh yeah, some kind of star-spangled hero. Yeah, and because Steel you know, basically is his suit. It's like Captain America's suit. Yeah. Now the funny thing about the suit is, is it other than the color scheme? It looks like a redone version of Oliver's suit from last season. Take a look at it when you watch it through the third time. I will, I'll take I'll take your um, but yeah. Now yeah, it we got through all of this alien invasion, right? Far more characters than the Avengers. I mean there were more characters than Civil War in this film, in this series of episodes. They weren't had more things to do. They weren't just there to have a one-liner and mm-hmm. show up for a fight scene. Right. And no collateral damage. That you know of. Well, president died. President died. Okay. 
So hopefully this actually takes place in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> they got a new president. But that um, was it. That was it, really. President died. No collateral damage. President died. A uh, car punched a car because she was mad. Well, and that's the thing is they were able to manipulate it where all the big fighting was done in isolated places. Right. Because they're um, superheroes and they're worried about collateral damage. Right. So, first off, the dominators who don't want to be discovered are in an abandoned warehouse, so you have mm -hmm. fighting there. Yep. And then, the, because the dominators are targeting heroes as opposed to the population at large, mm -hmm. they're <clears> going that big to fight the, scene. Well, they're going to where the Star Labs. Right. They're going to where the which, heroes are going to be. Which is, you know, only like. Maybe four rooms in Star Labs are functioning. Right. Well, and I think that warehouse wasn't the back entrance of Star Labs. I think that was like another property. That yeah, that's that's the that's the hangar that's the hangar where they go and train in right. Central that's, City. That's the plot hangar. Right. Ferris Air is in Star City, where uh, Barry and Oliver trained. Right. And then there is a hangar with an airstrip. That Star Labs owns. That's where uh, they Firestorm. were training. In Firestorm was training there. Flash trained there, and all we saw was the back of it in the airstrip. Right. We never saw. But, the that, but that's a lot more isolated than Star Labs. So. Right. It's a little bit out of the way. So. And right. and Barry owns it apparently because. Well, because he owns Star Labs. Right. Well, that, and then that's the thing is you you don't have that because the fight's not in the middle of New York. Mm-hmm. Well, they did have that fight in the middle of Star uh, Central City, but they confined it to the top of a parking garage. Right. And, uh, yeah, and even with the Dominators running down the street, they had a plan. They used they used the heroes' special abilities. You know, Kara and Barry were the fastest, so they ran through, put the little pain things on the Dominators without them even realizing And so, yeah, well, and that was the other thing I liked is how everybody's abilities were used. There were a lot less dominators than Chitauri. Right. And Firestorm saves the day. By how? Transmuting a bomb into water. Right. Spoiler, sorry. Well. But, I mean, that is his power. Mm -hmm. His power isn't nuclear blasts. His powers is he can transmute um, materials on a molecular level, and and absorb nuclear energy and radiation, which he did in Legends of Tomorrow, absorbed an atomic bomb blast. Right. So, and that is the use of his ability. Mm -hmm. That's his most useful. Ability. Well, and that's the thing is like this is far more cerebral of a show, or a series of shows. Where they, where, it, it reminds me of like old Spider-Man comics, mm -hmm. where you'd have a villain that totally outclasses Spider-Man, right, and he has to actually think of a clever way to get around his, the fact that he can't beat this guy single-handedly one-on-one, mm -hmm. and and all of these shows use that. There's strategy involved, mm -hmm. as opposed to going in and hitting things. Right, and we see we see that particularly in the way Barry broke the mind the Dominator's mind control over the rest of the heroes. <laughs> but it wasn't that it was it was the pain, the agonizer things, and it was figuring out what the Dominators wanted instead of just going in and kicking their asses. Right, which is basically what happened in the Avengers. They just went in and kicked their asses. Mm -hmm. Right, figuring out what they wanted, they went. Back to 1952 or whatever, and it's a lot more thoughtful mm -hmm. um, in, in its writing. Even even like BBS or um, Man of Steel, where that I mean, where you have the, the fights in the middle of the city, where buildings are being ripped apart and people are being shot by heroes 
that doesn't happen on this series because the the heroes think. Right. And right. and their 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 auxiliary team thinks. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of strategy involved. And and that's the Flash's power. We've discussed this several times, both just talking about the comics and the television series, is that the Flash's power is not that he moves so fast, it's that he thinks faster than his opponent. And he learns in in uh, his episode when he had to face Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Supergirl, Adam, and Firestorm. Firestorm. He did the lightning throwing thing that he learned when he was facing what King Shark. Uh, he learned to throw Jay Garrick or the fake Jay Garrick right, right. taught him um, how to do it. He used it on Hawkman in the last crossover. Um, and he used a version of it against King Shark. Right. So, I mean, he they're, they're using the tools that they've learned earlier, which is great. It's not... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I have a new power for this episode. It's not, I have a new power for this episode, and it's not like I need my team to get me through this. Right. But he can function on his own. He's a hero in his own right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, you know, as, as a whole... All these series do that. Right. There's continuity with within the series themselves, inter and intra series, mm-hmm. which is added because you don't get that a lot. I mean, you can have a show or a series of movies where you might use a plot point, right, um, to reference, but not not um, using a strategy again because, frankly, using a strategy again is boring. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that's what you do. Right. When you're faced with a problem, you use your experience to try and figure it out. That's the first thing you do when solving a problem. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And, you know, any thoughts for, for next year's crossover? Well, I would like to see... Um, I. I it would be cool if it were on Supergirl's Earth. Mm-hmm. I had written something to you earlier, and I can't remember what it was because it was like two o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah, I've, I've forgotten what it is too. I'm gonna look it up because it was good. I had mentioned something about Tower of Babel, and you were right, like, "Fuck, I was like, fuck Tower of Babel." Oh, oh, oh! It was a a time travel adventure spurred on by Future Barry's warning. Ah yes, like, like in. Uh, well, I was thinking of the uh, mid-season uh, Justice League Unlimited thing with Jonah Hex, and then they went to a Batman Beyond. Remember? Oh yeah, the the Once and Future thing where they were yeah, fighting. Yeah. Uh, it was like a two-part or two or three-part series. One was in the Old West, one was in um, Batman Beyond part, and they were after like a guy with a time traveling belt who was changing time. Right, right, yeah, the one, the Once and Future thing. Right, something similar to that. Obviously, time traveling devices in these shows are a dime a dozen, so it would have to be a different MacGuffin. Yep. But it would be cool to have like um, crimes that happened in the past affect the future, and they have to go back. And I think they could. It would be cool on Earth twenty three or whatever her Earth is. I'd say a different number every. Now time. that would be that would be good if they used a time travel. They could use time travel on her Earth because they haven't introduced that concept on Earth-23. Right. And so Kara would have to pull in Barry and the Legends because they have experience with time travel. Right. Or, to my other thought, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Anti-monitor? I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it just might be just, too soon. Well, just a, like a thing where they bring Kara's Earth into into the continuity of the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But you, you affect, but you, you run the risk of, of having too much on a single Earth. Well, the problem is with that is there's no, there wouldn't be the conflict that you had in Crisis where you have two or three Supermans and, you know, Supergirl gets replaced by Power Girl and mm-hmm. you don't have those, those that drama. Of who right. who survives because they're all going to survive because they don't have 
doubles. Right. Right. They don't. They well. They we there have might Jerry. be doubles. There might be doubles on Earth too. Well, there are. I mean, we know there's another. There's another Barry. There's another Cisco. We know there's an Aquaman. Right. And we know that there is a justice society that exists on Earth too. But you don't. You don't have that. What was it in the eighties? Fifty years of continuity. Right to fix. To well, to fix and to to get drama from. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, it's, a, it's a shitty idea. Well, crisis, crisis on Infinite Earths probably is a shitty idea. But right, we're going back to time traveling crossover. Okay, here we go. Travel is the thing is though, that time travel is the focus of one of the shows. So it's not all that special. Either. Slowly, 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 the CW is building a Justice League. Right. You know, I mean, hell, it's it's almost all but official now because of the the Easter egg with the Star Labs hanger. Right. So it would only make sense that because there are so many heroes now working together that the villains would start teaming up. Yeah. There you Which go. Is, that is other well, than... That's Loki. kind of happening on, on Legends, though. Yeah. That's what's going on on Legends, because you have Thawne, mm-hmm. uh, Dark, and Cold. That's right. Pretty much villains from all three series. Well, two, series, two of the series. Right. However, okay, that's three. Now put uh, Supergirl's Earth 23 Luthor. Vandal Lex Savage. is in jail. Vandal Savage. A, a past, past version of Vandal Savage. Right. Because they killed Vandal Savage three times. Right. <laughs> He's pretty fucking dead. <laughs> but, but, you know, from like the Renaissance. Renaissance Vandal Savage. Right. Or, you know, proto, or you know, early. Suit's my mortal enemy. The Hawk. The Hawk. And yeah, so the villains team up and you get this like 12, 15 villain squad. Okay, here you go. John Constantine is lost in interdimensional time and space. Okay. There is a huge threat of some magic Cthulhu-ish thing. It doesn't have to be Cthulhu. It just comes to my mind because of who I am. That only he can take care of, but he's lost. Mm-hmm. And Oliver keeps on getting nightmares that are clues to where to find um, Constantine. Why Oliver? Why not? Because Cisco. he was on Oliver's show. Just because he was okay. on Oliver's show. That's all. Could be Cisco. Add, add more drama to it and make it a side effect of Cisco's powers. Okay. So John is trying to reach out and. and Contact Ollie, but Cisco, being Vibe, is the one that gets the the message. Right. So he keeps telling he ke- he tells Barry, and Barry goes to Oliver. Right. So you have you have a uh, you have all four shows. You can have one searching for him. You tr- treat it like the, the the old school when they used to team up, where you would have um, team up like individual team ups within mm-hmm. the group, where you'd have one from. Um, Two from the Justice League and two from the Justice Society teaming up to go find Artifact A. And they have to go right. and find different artifacts that bring them together to get Constantine into the world, right? Right. Where you have twist Earth is, 1 Superman and Earth 2 Starman having right. to team but up. But the twist is once they get the thing together, it turns out that it's not to get Constantine into the world, but it actually opens the portal for the bad shit to happen. Mm-hmm. That could be done. That could be done. If not, that'd make a hell of a Call of Cthulhu game. It would. <laughs> and I just gave away the plot to my my um, <laughs> to the uh, M&M game that I've been working on. <laughs> Alright, well, we've, we've talked about it for an hour, so the, um, the CW DC Universe crossover Invasion, good shit. 
check it out if you haven't checked it out. If you already. haven't seen it, you can watch it on the app. You can watch it on the website. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's all in one sleek package. So, I mean, if you're looking for a DC superhero action uh, spectacular years before Justice League, check this out. I mean, this has got pretty much everything you want from a, a comic book film. Action, I guess. I don't mm -hmm. know what you call that. Yeah, so definitely check it out, and uh, yeah, and that's about it for us. We're going to go on a break for the rest of December. Uh, we're going to come back in January, and yeah. uh, hopefully be bringing get, some exciting things to you. Right. You might get some secret D&D on Saturdays. Yeah, some secret Saturday D&D. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so until then, until the next year. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie.